The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When it was the evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Praise to you Lord Christ. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Boy, the learning curve is a little high. The, the cart's a little shaky. Anyway, what a week. Everywhere we looked, we saw spring, not the Lent kind of spring, the clearing out and waiting kind of spring, but the kind of spring that elicits an alleluia, the kind that makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I think we have made it. Walking in Luther Burbank last week sometime, I ran into one of our Emmanuel power couples, those folks who do so much behind the scenes. Anyway, the wife commented, this has been the lentiest Lent we have ever experienced. Last year, we were in shock. This year, we felt it. But it seems like Lent has given way to Easter, and Easter is upon us, the full force of Easter. I suppose some of this Easter rejoicing in the Waldy family is because on Tuesday of this week, we were relieved, delighted, joyous to hear the good news that our daughter-in-law was well, as was our brand new granddaughter, Sylvie Marie, nine pounds, 14 ounces, honestly. Now, after a year of electronic communication savvy, I texted furiously to friends and family the good news. Sylvie Marie has come into the world. Sending out those texts reminded me of what it would have been like years ago awaiting the birth of a child or for a country awaiting the birth of a prince or princess. How amazing and joy provoking to hear the horn blow and a page announce the good news, a baby is born. 
Of course, in addition to the good news at the Waldy House, I also heard the good news preached on Easter Sunday. First, via live stream, the good news proclaimed at St. Mark's by Bishop Greg, the good news from the reading Sunday from Hebrew scripture about God's promise to the people of the earth, that there will be a time when all the kingdoms of the earth will gather, every tribe and kingdom and people, and together in harmony, in peace, we will celebrate. The bishop went on to talk about the Easter story with a special invitation to those who have trouble with the concept of a resurrected Jesus. He invited them to look at it in the same way that the poet laureate Billy Collins invites folks to look at a poem, not trying to dissect it or pin it to a wall, but to get inside it. Billy Collins says he asked them to take a poem and hold it up to the light like a color slide or press an ear against its hive. I say drop a mouse into a poem and watch him probe his way out. The good news of Easter proclaimed at St. Mark's last week by our bishop. And then the good news proclaimed here at Emmanuel by our own pastor Elizabeth for telling us about the richness of living in a multicultural household through the whole of the liturgical season and what that has meant. And then her expression of joy at being able to see so many of you last Sunday, either on Zoom or in real life person, the glorious good news. Maybe that proclamation, the good news, means more to me this year than ever because it has been the lentiest Lent we have all lived. It seemed it lasted a year, not 40 days. The good news, of course, is exactly what the word gospel means, the good news. When we say it before our New Testament scripture reading, as we did today, the gospel according to John, we are saying the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ according to the evangelist John, to which we reply, glory to you, O Lord. The Gospels begin with the proclaiming that God has entered the world in a new and profound way in the person of Jesus, a baby born, given for us, and they end with the resurrection stories, the good news of the resurrection. It has struck me over the course of this week what a wondrous and miraculous thing it is to witness the coming into being of something entirely new. First, the birth of little Sylvie Marie, and then witnessing the bursting of spring in creation and hearing the good news preached in various ways on Easter Sunday. And then it also occurred to me that the only thing that is as wondrous and miraculous to witness as a new thing coming into being is to witness the restoration, the recreation of something that once was, but that was somehow lost, destroyed, compromised, or fractured. In our lives, we witness this over and over. In the return to health of someone who was sick, the relationships repaired with goodwill and kind words, the hard work of an addict's return to sobriety. My dear people, this is the good, the unbelievable gospel, the good news of Easter. What was lost has been found. What was destroyed has been restored. What was marred has been redeemed. Jesus is the proof and the gift. God's promise made good 
And we have only begun to see, only barely glimpsed what that in its fullness will mean. We listen this morning to the telling of this good news in the story told by John. The disciples are together with doors locked. We're told that it is because they're afraid of the Jewish authorities, but it would make sense to me that they were simply afraid. They've seen the risen Jesus, or at least they think for sure they've seen him. But now what? Are they sane? Is it true? Can they trust their experience? And then what? Are they lost without his leadership at best? Incriminated for their lack of courage at worst? Blamed and guilty? I'm sure the disciples who are holier than me are holier than me, but I would be worried that I let Jesus down in a big way. And that would have ruined my relationship with him. But then he shows up there among them and begins with shalom, peace. There is no condemnation, no frustration, unfinished business, unspoken fracture, peace, shalom. What was lost has been found. What was destroyed has been restored. What was marred has been redeemed. Jesus is the proof and the gift. This was brought home to me in a profound way several weeks ago in my work. There was a woman whom I met in the hospital a couple of months ago. She had a short but unwinnable bout with disease and knowing that wanted to talk about decisions she needed to make and that were weighing heavily on her. It was about inheritance. She had several children, two who were in close contact, but one was estranged. The woman and her husband had divorced when the children were youngsters and the rift between the eldest son and the mom had only grown wider with time. Although she'd reached out on numerous occasions, the son had been unwilling to take calls or reciprocate. Anyway, the mom was trying to figure out to do with what with her estate and wanted to spend some time talking about that. So I listened as she talked. It was curious to me that even though she wasn't really connected to the church of her upbringing, she felt the need to confer with a chaplain regarding this decision. I assumed that the Holy Spirit was tugging it out of her heart. Anyway, she talked about options and about how decisions would impact her children in the future. And she prayed. We talked too about the idea of doing things in love, not vindictive not vindictiveness or defensiveness. I did not hear from her for some time. And then a week ago, her daughter called to say that she was in the hospital and asked if I would visit. Of course, I told her. I went into the room and met her lovely daughter for the first time. She was in her 30s, clearly loved her mom. Her mom did not wake during that visit, but the daughter told me that her mom had found peace in her decisions. Before leaving, I asked his daughter if we should pray. Of course, she agreed. Then I asked if her brother had come to visit. The daughter shook her head. Well, let's just pray. The following day, I received a phone call from the daughter again asking me to come as her brother was on his way. I met them outside the nursing station. We walked into this woman's room. She awoke upon seeing her son, whispered in the loudest voice she could muster, I love you, I love you. And the son amid tears running to her side could only reply, I love you, I love you. I have never witnessed such unmitigated joy 
in my life. What was lost was found. What was destroyed was restored. What was broken was made whole. It was as if there was only this moment. My dear people, this is the gift that God gives us. It is the gift professed in the gospels. It is the gift in its fullness given in the resurrection. Jesus returns not as a ghost or an apparition, but a person, Jesus, bearing the marks of assault, of betrayal and death, and yet comes in peace. To the disciples, look, here are the wounds. Look at the slash in my side. It is me. And peace be with you. I come in peace. I forgive. Now you all go and you forgive too. Receive the Holy Spirit, the strength and wisdom of the Holy Spirit, so you too can bring reconciliation and peace. And then to Thomas, dubious, strong, honest, logical, Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out and put your hand in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. It is really me, restored, resurrected, and forgiven. And forgiving. What was lost has been found. What was destroyed has been restored. What was marred has been redeemed. Happy Easter. Alleluia, alleluia.